So let us read together then this morning, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 to 18. If you're taking notes this morning, uh, write down for your title, The Straight Paths of the Righteous, and The Straight Paths of the Righteous. So 2 Kings chapter 2, um, I'm going to read from starting verse 9. I am again reading from the New Living Translation this morning, if you're following along. Again, it just reads well uh, for what we're looking at this morning. So verses 9 through to 18. Our theme this morning is leading into missional living. That's been spoken to us late. Missional living, that this is going to be a year of courage and faith. And it takes courage and it takes faith for us, for you and I, to witness to our families, our loved ones. I can witness to the people in the streets a lot easier than I can those in my everyday life. So it's missional living. So that, that's our theme this morning. But let us read first. So when they came together to the other side, Elijah and Elisha, says, tell me what I can do, or Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. Elijah says that you have asked a difficult thing, but if you see me when I am taken up from you, then you will get your request, but if not, then you will not. And as they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared drawn by horses of fire. And it drove between the two men, separating them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into the heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha took his clothes in distress, tore his clothes in distress. Verse 13, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River, and he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided, and Elisha went across. Now, what I want you to notice in verse 15 here, here God affirms Elisha. He sets him apart as he has you, as the people of God. I want you to see this in verse 15. Now, when the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what happened, they said, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him, and they bowed down to the ground before him. And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his words. So last week, um, we considered that Elijah uh, had been taken up to glory by God. And Elisha had received his mantle. Uh, it fell when Elijah w- was taken up. And that, that was to empower him to carry on the work of Elijah. Uh, and this is a picture of Christ's ascension to glory, if you like. When he went up, the, the, he sent the Holy Spirit down, uh, falling upon the early church to empower her um, for her calling and to live for God. And I want to remind you that what Elijah taught Elisha before we move on this morning. Just There will be hopefully a slide. If not, you can get it afterwards or they're on the app. But... This was something to help um, Elisha become a man of God. And sometimes we, we need to get these wee things right in our life to, to help us um, in that area. And this was to prepare Elisha to be a vessel in which the Holy Spirit could work through him in the kingdom of God. And we have to be a vessel that the, the Lord can work through us and the Holy Spirit can flow, flow through us. And, and the slide, the next slide, you'll see it now, it says, don't stay away from Bethel. You remember that? I want you to, to, to get a take photograph, whatever it is. Write this. Get this into your Bible because this is the, the fundamentals of being a man of God. It was the very thing that set 
Elisha on the path of a higher calling. So don't stay away from Bethel, which is the house of God. Walk in your own calling. Remember that to be you. Be who God's called you to be. Revisit Jericho. You remember the place of victory, Calvary. Keep coming back to the cross. That's where we find our strength. And we do that today, God willing, around the communion table. Then the next lesson was uh, for Elisha to keep walking in his calling, to keep being who God had called him to be. And we need to learn from that. And then there was the, to be water baptized. And we have three names so far this morning. The, the, the bit of paper is still out in the foyer on your right-hand side. If you would like to be baptized, uh, put your name and details down. Or else just speak directly to me. But please put your names down. It would be much uh, easier. And then the last thing was to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we give scriptures and text for that. And what I want to say is, Alicia built these disciplines into his life because that's what they are. They're, they're disciplines. It doesn't come easy to us. We, we have to build these things into our life. And, and there were several people confided with me last week that, that how there was moments where they, they just didn't want to go to church for some reason. It was a challenge. And I, in return, confided that I feel like that most weeks myself. It's not the first times I've said to you, there's been moments I felt like driving on past the gate. It's not a joke. It's this wrestle, it's this spirit that we see within the Scriptures where there's something that resists the people of God for going on and building these disciplines in their life. So don't keep, don't stay away from God's house because I promise you, once you come, you will always leave better in the way in which you entered the doors. And this helped Alicia to enter a new season in his calling, a season that we're going to refer to as missional living and it was filled with faith and courage. But this man had to stand on his own two feet, as we do, and live for God and, and walk with God and, and be a witness. And that's what I want to say. What is missional living for you and I? Well, it's to be a witness in the place that we find ourselves in, in weekly. And this missional living is very, very important. But we're not going to spend any more time looking at that. But I want to look at that perhaps next time. We'll just, we'll just look at that a wee bit. What it is to, have, to be missional living. To be, to be living and witnessing every day in our life. But today we're going to consider these straight paths that I see within scriptures and consider our life uh, and our walk with God. Because there's a challenge for you and I. And, and that's why the word is constantly telling us to, 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 to consider our lives, to consider our walks with God. Not, not that we can sit here and feel condemned, but that we can say, you know something, there's things aren't right in our lives, and we can get them things right through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we want to check this and test this this morning to see if we're found in Christ today. Now, there is a statement to see if we're found in Christ today. I'm going to start with a verse that I'm going to end with in 1 John. And John says this, little children, remain in fellowship with Christ. He didn't say, little children, you made a confession many years ago, you're fine, don't worry. Little children, remain remain in Christ so when he returns we'll not be ashamed and that's why we're looking at these ancient paths of righteousness in which the church which you and I are to be seeking to walk in remember we're not legalism we're not works this morning we're talking about living for God being on them right paths our salvation secure through our faith not our works but our works is evident through our salvation or sorry our salvation is evident by how we walk now Proverbs 4.26, it says this, and this gives a personal touch to you and I. It says this, mark out a straight path for your feet. That's an instruction to you and I. Mark out 
Decide today what path you're going to walk. Take, a, take accountability for your decisions. Be responsible. So mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked, but keep your feet from following evil. So our first uh, we point this morning to help us as we consider these uh, couple of paths. And realistically, we're going to get one path today and a wee bit of another one. That's it. I don't want to go too much too long. But the first lesson is to be imitators of Christ. Be imitators of Christ. Church, as I consider this, I want to just say this to you as I felt the Spirit said to me, the world is watching. The world is watching. The people in your life, both saved and unsaved, are, are watching. They're watching on. They're desperate to see truth. They're desperate to see somebody that's authentic. Not, not full of nonsense, full of lies. If you follow anything with politics today, in the American stage or, or the stage in the UK, the stage in Ireland, what people are absolutely sick of is men who are so deceitful and so, so filled with lies and, and tell nothing but lies to cover up their tracks. Not, no, there's no truth about them. Their, their way is crooked, but yet they speak a good talk. And the world's crying out for somebody and people just to be authentic, to be honest and to live well. And the world's watching on and it's watching you and it's watching me. And I say the saved and the unsaved as well because that's, that's important that we realize there's people who are struggling to be men and women of God and they're looking on to you and I to try and grasp something to help them, you see, to be that person that they desire to be. And you are that person that will lead and guide people by your living. But the truth is this, no matter how much I, I share my, the gospel or how much you share the gospel, how we live is really how we witness. How we live is really how we witness. And to make no mistake about it, in the eyes of, of the lost, the eyes of the lost are on us. They're on you. And I want to remind you this morning, if you're saved, they can see God in you. And you need to be reminded of that today because we don't always feel like that every day. But according to the scriptures, when people look on to those who are saved, they can see something of God. And I can remember that being true, but when I wasn't saved, there was something about the Christian people that, that I knew they had something that I hadn't. And it wasn't wealth in the, in the, in the form of material things. It wasn't necessarily they had a better lifestyle or, or them sort of things. It was they had something that I knew that I could not obtain outside of what they had in Christ. And if you're saved, the world can see God in you. And you need to be reminded of that, and I do. And, and, that, and that's why the scripture says to, to live in a way, a manner worthy of your calling. Because when the world looks on, they see a bit of Christ in us. And that's why we have to live in a way that's worthy. Now look at verse 15 of our text. When the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what happened, they said, Elijah's spirit rests on Elisha. And they went to meet him and they bowed down before him. Do you see all of a sudden the respect that this man had? They could see something different. They could see that Elijah, Elisha was now carrying something of God. And I love it because each child of God carries something of God. And he was recognized as such. And people could see this in him. He was a man who was now set apart for God. And, and, and that's what you are, church. You're set apart for God. And that's so important for you to remember that in your workplace. And that's why I want to push into missional living as the weeks go on. Uh, because we, we can talk much about what's happening 
in the world. We can talk much about prophecy and what's unfolding before our eyes, but if we don't live in such a way, our, our talk is just like an old symbol, an old clanging symbol. But I want you to see something, how we're to imitate Christ, because I see Elisha imitated Christ here, and you might be saying, if you're clued in this morning, well, how's that possible? Christ hadn't yet come. I want to show you this. In verse 8, we're told Elijah folded his cloak and he struck the water with it and the river divided and the two of them went across the ground, okay? So Elijah was shown uh, this young man. Then a few verses later, Elijah's gone, verse 13 and 14. We, we see that after Elisha receives the mantle, it says he returned to the Jordan River. Look what he did. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and the river divided and Elisha went across. And what I see here is Elisha starts his ministry very well because he imitates what he was taught through Elijah, who is a type of Christ. And Paul cries out to the church at 1 Corinthians 11, be imitators of me as I am imitators of Christ. And that means there's a way in which we ought to live. And there's a way in which we have to present ourselves. And the church is to follow them old paths that Christ paved. And there's something beautiful about this because it means that God has called us to a higher way, a better way, a way in, in which is opposite from which this world would teach us how to live. And Jesus said in, in John 10 and 4, sorry, John says in 10 and 4, he's speaking about Jesus as shepherd. And he says, as he gathered his home flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him. So there's this following of, of Christ where he walked, how he lived. We are to follow and imitate that sort of lifestyle. Now, there are old paths that the church is to follow as she seeks to be a witness for the Lord. And, and I have simply called them the, the straight paths of righteousness because there's many of them. But there's one that I really want to push into today. And this will take five or ten minutes. The second one, I'm just going to read some scriptures are self-explanatory. So I don't want to lose your attention or put you to sleep. So the first path here is having straight feet. I read a commentator, he had used these couple of, of headers, and I thought they were very good. So I'm going to use it, straight feet. And we all know what straight feet is. But there's this text of Scripture. Just write it down. You don't have to look to it for the second time. It's in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 9. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel here has a vision of four living beings in glory. We know them of the, as the cherubim. And, and they are angelic beings. Uh, we're told that they, they gathered around God's throne. And Revelations 4, they tell us about them, that they fall down and they, they worship God the Father. Then in Revelation 5, the next chapter, we, we read that they fall down again, but this time they worship the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told that they stand with 24 elders before God now. This is all before the presence of God. And these elders have harps. This speaks of worship in heaven. And we experienced a great time of worship here this morning. And, and worship is something that God indwells and inhabits and enjoys. And it's something that the people of God enjoy. We, we, we sing. We, we sing unto God. I remember when I first came to faith, I'd sang Amazing Grace many times um, outside of Christ. But that one moment that I was saved, all of a sudden them words meant something. You understand that? in your own life, that they were deeper. The people of God worship God. And we see these harps, and then we see these, there's these golden bowls, uh, which are full of incense, which the Bible tells us 
is the prayer of the saints. And what we learn, which isn't so much for today, but I thought I would bring it out to you, is that with these 24 elders, what we learn out is in their hands, they, they hold that, they hold all, that the, all the prophets, all that they ever prophesied, they, they hold in these bowls. Every prophecy that was ever spoken, it's, it's held, it's, it's in these bowls. And, and every prayer that you ever prayed, that, that every Christian, every saint ever prayed, is all in these bowls. It's a wonderful picture. And what we read in, in this, with these bowls is that they're about to be poured out and come to pass. What an, what an encouragement to keep praying. And what an encouragement to keep looking at world events and prophecy. Because the, the Bible teaches that these prayers and these prophecies are, are all going to be fulfilled before the Lord comes, comes back. But what an encouragement to keep on praying. That, that soon every prophecy and every prayer of the saints will come to pass. But I want to just focus in on these four beings just for a minute. Who walk before God. In Ezekiel 1 and 9, listen to what it says now. Now, this is so simple, but yet so profound. In, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 1 and verse 9, it says this, Their wings touched each other, and they did not turn as they moved, but they went straight ahead. Did you get that? They, they, they hit each other. Things came into their life that, that would nudge them and seek to put them off the, the straight path. And there'll be many things come our life, into our life that will, will seek to take us off that straight path. But, but what we see with these beings is even when things bumped into them, they weren't distracted, but they kept walking straight before God. But then in Ezekiel 1 and verse 12, we, we see how we can walk straight. Because we, we are unable to walk straight ourselves. Ezekiel 1 and verse 12 says this, Each moves straight ahead. Wherever the Spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. You see, the Spirit led them. Who's going to lead you and I on the straight path? It's the Spirit. Now, what I see is that these beings walked in the straight path. Now, listen, this is the one point I'm pushing into, I promise you. I'm not going to do another two points. This is one. It's a wee bit of stuff in it. This is it. Then the next one I'll just read to you. But please see these things. Wherever the Spirit would go, they would go. That's why we need to walk in the Spirit. Don't lose your conviction. These beings walked in a straight path before God. These beings were spirit-led. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go. And this is, is telling us something. And at the most simple level, it's telling us this, that there's two ways that man can walk. There's the way of the transgressor, which is a crooked path. And then there's the way of the righteous, which is the straight path. And we know the difference. And how often, church, things can come into our life that can send us off in a path that God didn't prepare for us to travel. And that's the work of the enemy. You know, as these beings were, were doing and walking before God, the Bible tells us that there was things hit them. And you hit anything that's moving straight, do you tap it at all, it'll go that road. Uh, and the Word's trying to tell us, listen, there'll be things that will come into your life that you will not expect. And they will hit you in such a way and they can quite easily send you in the other path. And that's what we need to be cautious of here. And that's what I believe God is saying to his church this morning. Look back in your life. Consider them paths. Consider what things has happened to you that has sent you perhaps in a path that God never asked you to walk down. And that's what I see there I want to bring to you. Send us down a path that God didn't prepare us. These things that, that knock us, 
they, they quite easily can take us off that narrow path, then paths of righteousness. But we need to walk that straight path. And this, this picture of these beings, it forces us to ask the question. And, and it, it forces me to ask you today before God, as I've examined my own heart, uh, church, how is your walk with the Lord today? Now, I'm, I'm intentionally not trying to make eye contact because it's the Spirit that, that searches our hearts. And it's Him that looks into what's really going on in our hearts and within our minds. And, and we're forced with this great question in these days of, of so much prophecy being fulfilled around us. How is our walk with the Lord today? It's a wonderful question. It's a probing question. And it's a question if we answer honestly before God, it could change our lives for the glory of God and for the better. Is the Holy Spirit, for instance, leading you and guiding you in your steps? Is he keeping you in the straight path before God? Have you still got conviction? Or have you overrid conviction too many times in your life? Have you become like Balaam, perhaps, lost your way and lost your conviction, and you're set on a road of destruction? That's a dangerous place to be. And I believe we're not only here to highlight these things, but to help you back home if that is you this morning. And that's what we're meant to do as the people of God, you know, we're meant to help each other on in the faith and them straight paths of the godly. Amen. Amen, church. We're meant to help each other on in these ungodly paths. Too many people leave churches because they feel condemned when things don't work out for them. Nobody sets out in life to end up living a life that's broken. We all set out in life with great plans and with great ideas of what we're going to do and who we're going to be and very rarely do they come to pass. More often than not, we will find ourselves living a life or, or experiencing something that we never, ever planned and experienced. And, and that's the importance of helping each other out. Now, that brings us to Ezekiel 1 and verse 23. Let me read this to you. Now, it says, onto the platform. I haven't looked into that. I'm not sure what that means. But onto the platform, their wings, speaking of these four beings still, their wings were stretched out towards each other towards each other. And I just thought of these beings walking in these straight lines and, and pointing to each other and keeping their wings in zinc with each other nearly. And what I see here is that these beings kept each other on the straight path. It's a lovely, lovely picture. They kept their eyes on one another to, and, and guided each, each other's paths. They helped each other. And it's a powerful picture of the church being the church, not judgmental, but in fact helpful. Isn't it? Isn't it a wonderful picture that these beings who sought to walk straight and right before God, they looked at each other. They kept their wings pointed at each other to, to guide. I don't know if you're ever a bondsman, but in my younger days, I was a bondsman. And I remember there was a man with a stick, the marshal, you called him, and he walked like this. And boy, he was a bit of the old school. He'd have got the point, he'd have stung you in the behind. But we had to look to our right or the left, depending where you were, and you make sure you were in line, you see. And that was the beauty of it. And that's what it reminded me of this, that we used to walk, we had to be in line and in step. These, these beings, their, their wings open, kept each other in line. Church, we need to help each other and keep each other on the narrow path. Is that not fair enough? Has anybody here perfected their walk? Please come and take over. Tell us how to do it. But I've made enough mistakes that I can help you when you make mistakes. And I trust that when I make mistakes, 
I will find the people who will help me in that moment and not put their foot to my neck, which was one of them spurs that we looked at. You remember? I can't remember the name of it. Put the foot to the neck of the people. And Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore, brethren, encourage one another up and build each other up in the faith. And Christians, as the people of God, we must remember to help the people of God in their walk in these old paths of righteousness. So I want you to consider today, are you in fellowship with the Lord? There's this interesting text in Jeremiah chapter 6, where Jeremiah, he's pleading with Israel, they're on a completely wrong path. And, and without getting into big depth, this is Israel at the time, sin had become so normal in Judah uh, and so normal among God's people that the scripture tells us that they had reached a point in their life where they had no shame. Listen, look out, look out in the world around you today, you see it. The people didn't even know how to blush. They, they did things that, that used to cause people to blush, you understand? And Judah, if you like, was, now remember, Judah is the people of God, it's God's people. They had stopped being an example to the next generation, and that's what I want to say to you. You're not just walking straight today for no reason. How you walk today is how the children following you to, is going to walk tomorrow. Remember that. How you walk today, don't be surprised if you see your children walking the same way. If you've no fire for God, don't be disappointed when you see that your children have absolutely no love for God, let alone a fire. And, and I'm sorry if that's harsh, but, but it's what I see. And Judah had stopped being an example to the next generation. And so the next generation had forgotten altogether how to walk them old paths of righteousness. She had lost her witness and the glory of God was about to depart. And that made me ask the question, how many professing, professing Christians have allowed sin to become so normal in their lives? And, and by allowing this way of living, in fact, what they're actually doing is training up the next generation how to sin and how to worship God at the same time. Something that was never acceptable or never should be accept, acceptable. And, and that's a picture of, of, of a Christian who has no conviction. They, they have lost all conviction. And that's what, that's what we, we, we are warned about here, about walking straight. Because the more we walk crooked, the more it becomes normal. And Jeremiah, he foresaw something that, that the church needs to foresee. He foresaw a common judgment. And we need to get a hold of this again. And Judah, he could see that Judah was going to be taken into captivity with Babylon. And you know, he was called the weeping prophet. He reminds me of many pastors. Because he preached and he preached and he preached till the people, this is not you, of course, because you are great listeners, great responders. I have to say that or I'll be killed. But, but he preached to a people who constantly just said, cop yourself on, man. Go and live your life, would you? Get a bit of joy in your life. Quit worrying about these things. Listen to absolutely nothing, he said. But God gave him a burden, and God gave him foresight. He could see what was around the corner, and this people couldn't. And then people, as we know, were ushered off into Babylon. But that's why he wept. He wept because he could see what was coming. And what a picture of the Holy Spirit that is grieved and grieving when it sees some of God's children living in a way that they ought not to. That's what conviction is. Pleading with them to stop and, and pleading with them to turn back and to walk with God. Because remember he said that he, he's coming back again. And we don't want to be a people that's, that's found ashamed and, and wanting that is coming. And Jeremiah says something really interesting which I want to leave with you. And he says this in 6.16. He says, stand at the crossroads and look. Now, what's the crossroads? It's every decision that you've made last week. 
It's every decision that you're going to make tomorrow is a crossroads. Think about it. Every time we, we, we say we're going to do something or we decide to do something, we've been at a crossroads and we've said, right, this is what I'm going to do. That's what a crossroads is. So, and the Bible says, church, stand at the crossroads. Stand for a moment. Don't just plow on and make these decisions, but stand and look. Then ask for them ancient paths. That means before we make this decision, what would Christ do? Is this the way that I ought to walk? Is this decision right? Do you see that? And if you're in business, which I know many of you are, there's, there, there's never been, well, my experience anyway, there's been more opportunities to make money the wrong way than the right way. Or there's been opportunities just to do something a wee bit aren't, that aren't right. Like the amount of men, you know, you, you know, there's just so many times that a man has succumbed to that and they've lost their testimony. That's how easy it is. And it says, stand at the crossroads and look, think, and ask for them ancient paths. And it says, where is the good way? And that's the way. And it says, walk you in it and you will find rest for your souls. And that's the, the promise you will find rest for your souls. And you know, church, some of you have stood at the crossroads and you've made bad decisions. And instead of choosing that good path, that good way, you found yourself in a position today that you never expected to be in. And that's the danger of, of being nudged off them straight paths. That's the danger of, of not thinking when we go to make decisions what's going to affect our life, the life of our home and the life of our children. And instead of choosing that good way, we, we can quite easily sometimes, without un, really thinking about it, walk the way of the transgressor. And today we get another opportunity to stand at that crossroads. Today we get to stand and ask ourselves, where is our walk with God? How is our walk with God? And we get to stop. We get to reflect. And we get to make a decision today what way we're going to continue to walk. Listen, perhaps you'd been nudged by something and you're no longer walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. It can happen. Do you know a friend confided in me this week and this man is very active in ministry. Um, and you know what he said? He said he was speaking to somebody who said that they happened to be in worship, in a worship team, and, and they said that this worship team leader had confided that all of a sudden they just felt cold. They didn't want to worship Jesus anymore. And they were just going through something. And you know what this man said to them? He come and asked, could he speak to me? And I knew as soon as he told me this sentence, what was wrong. He said, I said to them, I can't imagine how you could ever feel like that. And I had a cup of tea in my hand and I sat it down straight away. And I says, brother, how has your week been? He says, that's why I'm here. You know what happened? The Lord caused his heart to grow cold. And for the first time in that man's life, he says, I myself couldn't sing. The Lord rebuked the life out of him. You see? The Lord rebuked him. And, and he didn't see that and this person who confided in him, something had nudged them. It's not that they wanted to be cold. It's not that they didn't want to worship Jesus anymore, but this man in his immaturity, he made the comment, well, more or less, well, I would never be like that. And the Lord just stood back from him for a moment. And that man experienced the coldness that nearly sent that man back to where he was before he was saved. Perhaps that's you this morning. It's not that you don't want to follow God. It's not that you don't want to sing with them, but something's happened in your life and there's just coldness. There's just something and it's caused you to lose your peace. Well, it's a simple, simple, simple thing this morning that we need to do and it's simply turn back to God again and consider the path, the decisions which we've made. And we point our feet to them ancient paths, you know, them paths that you once traveled. And the Bible says he will give you back 
your peace. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord again. That's what Isaiah said. O come ye people of God, stand at the crossroads and consider your life. And if you're not, come and let us start walking in the light of the Lord again. Amen.